pastors. How many people here during this series have been able to take one of these messages and say, yeah, this applies to money, but this also applies to something else in my life? And I think that's been like, man, nobody. Bummer. My pastors raised their hand. (laughs) And I think for me, writing these messages, I've actually been really surprised. Um, Because I was expecting to write a series and to preach a series, and I think Craig felt the same way on money. Um, And really what we've been talking about is a little bit of everything else. Uh, Money comes up, and I think it's applicable to money. But in so many cases, what we're talking about is more spiritual issues than it is actually money issues. Most of the time when we have a, an issue in any part of our life, it's actually deep down a spiritual issue, not the physical issue we're dealing with. And so we're doing the monster mash, and we're trying to kill these monsters in our life. The first week we talked about the monster of greed and how that works. And we talked about, Pastor Craig talked about consumerism. Last week we talked about impatience. Now some of you were impatient for this series to be over, so I'd stop talking about money. This week, we're talking about kind of the the holy grail of money monsters. Comfort. Mm, Yeah, right? Comfort. We let our money become something to give us comfort. And what happens there is we're actually powering our life through the wrong power source. One time, I was cleaning the sound booth. This will explain to you why we had so many technical issues today. And we had a couple different devices back there, and I got mixed up with the power, you know, the little wall warp power plugs. You guys got those all over your house, right? Ever plug in the wrong one? You put the wrong power source into the wrong device, fire can happen. Fire and smoke and yeah, done it. That's what a lot of this is, especially this comfort money monster, is this decision in our hearts, what power source is going to power my life, and is it going to eventually burn me out or not? And so I'm calling the comfort monster, whoa. Whoa. Because we're going to look at some of the places where Jesus says, woe to you. The comfort monster is woe, and we've got to beat down this money monster. I'm going to read a little bit of the Gospel of Luke to you. And Jesus, looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. That's Luke 6, 20 through 26, the most renunciated part of, of really the Sermon on the Mount. 
And Jesus has these, these points to make to the people he's speaking to, where he's saying, hey, by the way, this is what it means to be blessed over here. And to be blessed means, well, let's, let's be honest about it. Those sounded like some pretty cruddy things. Is it okay to say that? Because he says, hey, you are blessed when you're poor, when you're hungry, when you weep, when people hate you, when people reject you. You're blessed. That sound like what you think of when you think of blessing? No, not really. Not at all. That sounds like a bad day. And then he says, whoa. 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 Anyway. Anyone? No, no one gets that reference anymore. Makes me sad. Woe to you who are rich, who are well-fed, who laugh, who are spoken well of. Blessing in this context that Jesus is giving us is a lot different than what we usually think of as blessing. And so our first little trick to beat down this money monster is we're not going to show our face on Woe Street. Woe Street is there. We're at Grant and North and Woe. Guess where the Woe monster hangs out? He hangs out on Woe Street. Obviously, we are blessed, he's saying. Jesus is saying, we're blessed if bad things happen. And woe to us if good things happen. Could it be that there's more going on in this passage than we think? Could it be that maybe Jesus is trying to change our perspective a little bit? Because we're reading this through 2,000 years of history, right? It's been a few years since Jesus said this. And so what's going on in this picture? Jesus is describing in a way that people 2,000 years ago would have understood that the way that God was interacting with humanity was about to drastically change. Because in the old system, in the old covenant, the Jewish people had come to some certain conclusions about what it meant to be blessed, and by what it meant to be cursed, or a woe is a sign, like talking about being cursed, really. And it was very much like our current perspective. God's blessing me, I got a raise. Hallelujah. Is God mad at me? Because I just, you know, someone died that I care about. I'm not, I'm not blessed, Something. I'm, I'm weeping, I'm mourning. Jesus is challenging us to consider our power source. Because if we show our face on Woe Street, what I really mean by that is, what are we deciding is going to be the fundamental focus of my life? If comfort is the fundamental focus of everything that I do, then that's my power source. I'm going to be okay if I am comfortable. 
And Jesus is saying, whether or not you're okay has nothing to do with how comfortable you are. It has to do with, with, with your perspective. It has to do with, with what, your, what your life is powered by and what you are doing. But Jesus is very clear that there is a way of life that leads to the wrong things. That actually, it looks like life, but ends up leaving you broken. And so with that, I want to I make this point as far as beating down this comfort monster, that you need to get it in your head. The gospel is better than karma. The gospel is better than karma. And that's one of the points that Jesus is making here. It's easy to look at some of these things in an isolated part of the gospel and really miss the point. Because Jesus isn't giving us a new list of rules. Because a new covenant is better than a new list of rules. So Jesus isn't saying that, by the way, now if you're a Christian, you can't be rich, you can't be well-fed, you can't be happy. And he's not saying to be a Christian, you have to be poor and hungry and weak. He's not saying either of those things. What Jesus is saying is the rules are about to change. The way that you think all of this relationship with God, being the chosen people of God, how all that works is about to work completely differently than what you expect. And the comfort monster wants you stuck in a system of finding temporary peace through stuff will you continue to die spiritually? Once you running on the wrong power source. Because in Jesus' kingdom, we are waiting, and we know that grace is present and exploding out, and suddenly, because of this grace, none of us actually get what we deserve. The gospel is better than karma. And when we read this passage, we almost want to think that Jesus is kind of giving us a karmic system. That if, if you do, kind of almost reverse karma. If, if, if everything's good, then you're bad. And if everything's bad, then you're good. And if we resort to a life of trying to follow this list of rules, we're going to be disappointed. But I, I like this little phrase in the middle of all of that scripture. Because of the Son of Man. So Jesus makes all these points. Hey, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Because of the Son of Man here is a conclusion for this whole section, not just that one sentence. Blessed are you who are poor because of the Son of Man. Blessed are you who hunger now because of the Son of Man. Blessed are you when men hate you because of the Son of Man. It's all because of Jesus. So Jesus is really saying here that you are blessed when the things that you do and the results that you get are because of him. 
When you are powered by the power source of Jesus, then you're living your life on the mission of Jesus. And so whether you face good things or you face bad things, and you will face both, if it's because of Jesus, then you're blessed. But if it's for you, woe to you. But here's what I love. Because the gospel is better than karma. We're not trying to institute a new system of rules. Instead, we're trying to live in the new covenant of grace. Where that doesn't mean we get to do whatever we want. But it does mean that wherever you're at today, grace is waiting for you. Forgiveness is waiting for you. Hope is waiting for you. It doesn't matter what happened this week. Doesn't matter what happened 10 years ago. Grace is right there for you. Because woe can only get you when you're outside the gospel. This comfort monster is trying to feed you the wrong power source. And if you are really in the gospel and you understand the gospel and you're living your life for Jesus, you are powered by him and by his Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. We are blessed because of the Son of Man. They weren't blessed because they were poor, hungry, and beat up. Because you could be poor, hungry, and beat up and not be blessed if you're outside of the gospel of Jesus. Anything we do because of the Son of Man, because we're on the mission of Jesus, is blessed. But again, we have to change our perspective of what that means. Just because it's blessed doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. I really hope that I parent my kids because of Jesus. That that's the, my power source that helps me with that part of my life. I'm not perfect at it. In fact, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing 90% of the time. But... I think it's blessed because of Jesus. You know, something can be blessed by Jesus. You can be doing it because of Jesus. And it might not even be successful on the first try. Lots of churches do things, try something that doesn't work. That doesn't mean that they aren't blessed. It just means they tried something that didn't work. But if they're doing it because of Jesus, because they have the right motives and intentions and power source, then sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes stuff changes. It's okay. Anything we do because of Jesus is blessed. This should give you great hope. That you can do whatever you feel called to do for Jesus. Whatever that thing on his mission that you're supposed to be doing, you can do it and be blessed if you're powering it through the right power source, which is Jesus and the gospel. And it's blessed even if it isn't perfect. You don't have to step in and be able to do everything right, have everything together. Jesus says, go therefore, not clean up your mess, make sure you can do it all right, and then go. He says, go. Your greatest failures, your greatest mistakes can be immersed in the gospel of Jesus and his grace and come out blessed.
and be used for Jesus' mission. The thing in your life that you think is completely unredeemable, Jesus can redeem it if you're willing to let him be your power source. But the problem is here with this comfort monster is too many times those old things, those old regrets, those old pains and hurts and hang-ups and addictions and all that stuff. We try to plug into comfort. This is why this monster comfort will get us to deal with that stuff instead of dealing with it through Jesus and the gospel. That regret, we, we say, you know what? I can't handle this, so I'm, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to buy something that's going to make me feel better. If only I could get the, 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 this video game and I could have some time to myself and play it, then I'll feel better. We trade the gospel for actually taking our worst moments and redeeming them. And we trade those for comfort to try to just feel a little bit better temporarily. Because this monster woe is actually the absence of Jesus in all the stuff that we try to fix our life with. And then we're blessed when Jesus is is present through his gospel and what we do instead of that. So this can be a money issue. Some of us have wrecked our money with woe. Because we, woe, go out there and we buy a bunch of stuff. Or we, woe, go out there and we, you know, I, I sometimes like to eat my troubles away. Woe is the wrong power source to really change your life. The gospel is what can change your life because it's a money issue. And for many people, this is a big money issue in our culture. We are actually broke because we want to be comfortable. It's also a spiritual issue because we are powering our life through the wrong power source. So the question we have to go home with today is, do I take Jesus at his word on what is blessed? Do I really believe that the things that I do, if they're going to be blessed, then it's because of Jesus? Or we walk out of here and live like we always have, which is really that karma is going to be better than the gospel. That a system of right and wrong and a system of, well, you know what, I'm just going to do this to fix that and this to fix that. And instead of trusting in Jesus for my issues, I'm going to trust in the, the, the new thingy that's going to be shiny, that new car, that whatever it is, that drug, that whatever. I'm going to comfort myself because I think that that system is better than the gospel. I'll tell you this, this monster, this comfort monster, woe, is a bully and wants to hold you upside down and shake, shake all that lunch money out of your pockets. 
not a nice guy. He's actually jacking you up. So my challenge for each of us today is where in my life am I allowing the wrong power source to run it? Because this isn't an all or nothing thing because we're imperfect people and Jesus is taking us through a process to be more and more like him. But I think on a regular basis, we honestly have to consider where in my life do I let Jesus allow the gospel to be true? And where in my life do I instead substitute that with something else? For many of us, we've gone through this money monster series, we can realize that in many cases, we replace the gospel with financial prosperity. We say, you know what, if I can just get the right amount of stuff or the right amount of money or the right amount of, I can get that new job or that new whatever, then I am going to be happy and fulfilled. You never will be without Jesus. There's not enough money in the world to take the place of the gospel. You can have no money at all and have the gospel and have everything. That's what this whole series comes down to. That's what today comes down to. Where Jesus Am I replacing your gospel in my life with something inferior and broken? It's like if you went to the pharmacist. And I say that, and we all think about money, right? You're like, How, what's my copay? Uh, you go to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist says, well, we have the, these new pills, and they're going to fix it all. Uh, your your gout, your eczema, your gapha, saphageal, my esophagus doesn't close disease. I'm not just listing things I have. I don't have gout. Uh, <laughs> I see your rev. I see that hand. All, all your issues, this, this pill is going, going to fix it because it's the newest one and it's, it's made to fix all these issues. Or here's some expired penicillin. It's been expired for 10 or 12 years. But I mean, it's cheaper. It's easier. This one, the new one's going to make your stomach a, a little upset, but this old one's not. You know, you could... Wait, no, wait, not penicillin. Placebo. Yeah, the placebo pill. So you feel a little better. But it's cheaper. It's easier. Take this one. This one costs you a little bit more, but it's actually the right medicine for the job. It's not a perfect analogy, but it's a pretty good one for what we do all the time. We go cheaper, easier, faster, now we're. Now we're, is that a word? What? And I'm saying this multiple times because I'm hoping for each one of you that one of these times I'm going to say it, it's going to pop something into your head. What in your life are you? not allowing the gospel to change. Let's pray.